I'm from Hawke's Bay, New Zealand. Born and bred. Love it there. Beautiful place. Yeah, so where I grew up in particular, you know, crime rate was pretty high. Gang, gang activity was high. This is actually, Hastings is the place where it started, where the Mongol mob actually started. Her brothers are the ones that started the Mongol mob. Yeah, I'm out here trying to make some really good changes and break those cycles. You can walk down the road and nearly every second house is a gang member, like these days around here now. What I know is that Notorious started in Auckland um, in maximum security prison up there. So I feel, I feel really thankful and blessed that I have had the second opportunity to try and make better decisions and make things right. You know, we, we were, we're out here trying to make change, but they just want to shoot us down and say that we're all shit. All that talk to my gang pulled up, we pull up and they all did. Yo, it's your boy King Dave here, and this is the Fallen Show. Hope all is going well. Uh, how about you introduce yourself, brother, and where you're from, cuz? Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Puck, and um, I'm from Hawke's Bay, New Zealand. Born and bred. Love it here. Beautiful place. Solid, solid. A big, uh, big shout out to Hawke's Bay, the East Coast there. Much love. Um, sweet, man. So, Puck, so yeah, man, uh, at the moment, he's doing uh, online training. Um, doing a lot in that space as well, though, it seems, man, uh, reaching out to a lot of people, keeping them fit, keeping them healthy. But yeah, how about you start us off, my bro? So, um, so Hawks Bay, so how was it growing up out there, guys? Yeah, Hawks Bay, I've lived there all my life in Hastings. I was born here. Um, I've never lived anywhere out, outside of um, Hawks Bay. Growing up was pretty rough. I grew up in, um, yeah, so where I grew up in particular, you know, crime rate was pretty high. Gang, Gang activity was high, um, drug use, alcohol, domestic violence, um, you know, everything that people would imagine gangs are like, pretty much. That's how the whole neighborhood was. Um, what gang in particular, brother? Uh, the Mongol mob. The Mongol mob is actually a really big... Um, gang here in Hawke's Bay and this is actually Hastings is the place where it started where the Mongol mob actually started so um, it, it holds a bit of history in that sense um, and yeah it's pretty red around here I would say. Who were your sort of role models coming up bro like um, were you a lot of your family members in the gang like how were your parents and things bro? Because I was so young and didn't understand a lot of things that I understand now, um, you know, I love my mum, I love my dad, but I hate I hated them when I grew when I was growing up because it was tough. I was mostly raised by my mum. My dad had left um, my life when I was really young. I'd say like seven years old. He, him, and my mum separated. Um, and that was a tough time for me because, um, you know, I was close to my dad and then all of a sudden he was just gone out of my life. Um, and I, I turned into a little angry man. Um, I didn't understand a lot of things. Um, was that common in the area, bro? A lot of, um, you know, a lot of young, angry people, um, single mother sort of families and that. 
right? It was really common where I grew up, um, a lot of solo parenting going on, um, you know, unplanned pregnancies and um, young parents um, and poverty, a lot of poverty, um, poor education, um, everything that has pretty much shaped us into the people that we are today. And um, yeah, I'm out here trying to make some really good changes and break those cycles yeah, for the mama. people that, um, you know, people, not just for people like me, but for other people that have been brought up in similar backgrounds and um, in similar neighborhoods. Um, just to show them that, you know, even though we come from these places, we don't have to be, like stay there or belong there. We don't, you know, we can get out of there, but we just have to work hard to get out of there and make it happen. Like for um, yourself, would you say that you chose the gang life, bro? Or did it sort of choose you, bro, like coming up in the area? and Also a little bit of history about the gang there. Um, so, um. It goes back to my mum's family. My mum, she is the second youngest out of four, 16 um, siblings. She's got 16 brothers and sisters. And her brothers are the ones that started the Mongol mob. So all her brothers, all the older brothers were all the first gang leaders of the Mongol mob. And um, the man that turned the Mongol mob into pretty much how it is today is, is my godfather. And is also my namesake, so I'm named after him. And yeah, so it flows through my blood. You know, I was born into the lifestyle without knowing care. It wasn't until I got a little bit older and understood why certain people were just wearing red around me and, and um, things like that. And then you learn, you know, what you see is what you learn. You end up becoming a product of the environment that you grow up in. And um, that's what happened for me. You know, I learned, I learned off these guys. I seen what they were doing, um, but they were really good to me. They were good to the kids around the neighborhood. Um, they might not have been doing good stuff, but they showed love and they looked after us. Like growing up out there, man, is there anything else, brother? Like, are there any sort of other government sort of programs for the youth or anything like that out there or is it just pretty much just the gangs that that do any sort of support stuff there are things out here um because of the area and just how strong the gang is around here and in the community a lot of people it's almost like you can walk down the road and nearly every second house is a gang member like these days around here now. Um, and it's just really common to see it. And it's really common to see a lot of people wanting to join, even though there's other things out there for them to do. They're still finding that attraction towards the gang. What about yeah. like the sort of anger stuff, bro? Like coming up through primary and school, like how did that, that sort of affect you um, growing up, man? Like in... Like the sort of push you towards fighting and doing all that sort of stuff, or was depression in the picture as well because of, you know? Um, I feel like for me at school, 
because we went to a really white school. Um, and there was there was a few Maldives there, but it was just, you know, all my brothers and sisters. So I have six oh, brothers and sisters, and um, yeah, we all went to the same school, but it was really white. And um, yeah, there was some bullying going on there, and a lot of people um, let, it, let it be known that, you know, we weren't a rich family. Um, they were born into, you know, didn't have much things or flash stuff. And yeah, some people picked on me and then sooner or later, you know, all the anger that I had inside me had to come out some way. So I started fighting and bashing people at school. Yeah, and for me after that, it just, once I started knowing that, you know, I could fight and that I was beating up, you know, these kids that were way older than me. I started feeling like that's what I wanted to do now. And um, yeah, that's when gang life started looking really good to me. Yep, yep. So how did it sort of, um, yeah, so how did the gang life sort of enter the picture, brother, like um, going from like someone that's just grown up around it and people and that's actually like jumping on board and say like numbing up and all of that? You know, I had a lot of friends growing up. Um, you know, we all started out just being troubled youths all together. And then eventually some of them started joining the gang. And then, you know, one thing led to another. Um, and I had a little youth gang that was pretty tough. Yeah. I pretty much just rocked up in there and <laughs> just told everyone, like, I'm the boss. What was the yeah. court again, brother? It was called um, LTMB. Oh, it was a little Mahora gang, little suburb in Hastings there. But um, yeah, we started cruising around neighborhoods, starting trouble and that. And then one thing led to another. And then, you know, the Mongol mob started hearing about me and they came. And yeah, they, they asked me if I wanted to join them. And, and the guys that asked, you know, at the time, growing up, and then I met these guys, and then they were living in my neighborhood, and they were um, notorious patch members. And, you know, watching them cruise around, and, um, you know, they just look really cool, staunch, tough. And then to have them come to me to ask me to join, I felt. Like special in a way, like whoa, whoa, fuck these these guys that I'm actually like looking up to, and they're coming to me to ask me to join them, and um, yeah, I jumped all over that. Like I saw it as, yeah. I How old were you then, Bobo? At that time, I would have been eight, eighteen years old when they come and seen me to do that. Yeah. And at the time, it was the it was the hardest um, Mongol mob chapter to join. So, are there a few different ones, bro? Like in your area, or was it just the one big chapter? Oh, you know, there's a few. There's a few around here. And so that was the hardest one to join. Was the one that you ended up yeah. joining, and so oh, that's cool. notorious. Yeah, notorious Hawks Bay chapter. Um, can you talk about the history at all of that chapter, bro? Like how they sort of, um, because they are a well-known chapter, because um, there's more than just one of that chapter, isn't there? They're spread out, isn't it? Yes. And what I know is that Notorious started 
in Auckland um, in maximum security prison up there. Started off about five or six men. And then, um, yeah, they just built this really bad, dangerous name for themselves and um, no one would mess around with them. And then eventually they started starting up clubs in other towns and then they ended up here. They came down here to talk to a man down here to start it and yeah, it started and yeah. Well, how was the whole prospecting scene for you, brother, um, when you were going through that and how long did you did you prospect for? Um, I prospected for just over two years um, but that was the that was just stock standard. No one prospected any less. Yeah, ended up. No, I just did things. Just listened. Um, didn't question nothing. Um, didn't say no to nothing. Just did everything. I just committed thirteen hundred percent and just went hard. Um, yeah. yeah, did a lot of traveling. Met a lot of good guys. Um, and yeah. It was a good, good journey to go on, like um, a good experience to meet. You know, I had never travelled outside of Hawke's Bay, but then I joined the Mongol Mob and I'm travelling all over New Zealand, going to places that I've never been in my life. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of it um, and, and meeting the new or just meeting new people. That was a really cool part of it too. Um, yeah, like with anything, there's always criminal stuff that happens, but um, yeah, you don't have to be a gang member to be doing criminal stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, bro. So yeah. we're about exactly right, cuz. Exactly. There's a lot Just of people in government that do criminal acts, bro. You know they're, I mean? the biggest, they're the biggest criminals. Like, I've met so much people in my journey of being a gang member and some of the biggest criminals I've ever met ain't even gang members. Yeah, and they're uh, white. And they're yeah, watching nah. it. A lot of the like, worst criminals wear business suits, eh, Bobo? It's just easier for them to pin it on a gang. Because yeah, nah. yeah, it's their bro. job to try and get the public to, to not like us. So it makes their job easier to make rules and laws based around us. Yeah, no, nah, I couldn't agree with you more there, cuz couldn't agree with you more and a lot of other crims couldn't agree more either man like yeah i believe that the whole prison thing is just a lot of it's just to distract the public away from all of the heinous crimes that they get away with in government and you know all those business suit wearers and all of that yeah well, you know they got to pin it on someone yeah no, that's more to pin it on but the gangs eh? they'll just push the blame on to us and yeah let the public get upset and cheer them on and then bang a couple of months later there's a new law in place erected at the gangs like boom yeah exactly exactly at the end of the day they're like you know we've got this much room to move around in already like and they're trying to make it like this the only thing they're going to create is that you know sooner or later they're going to push back Gangs are going to push back, and then maybe one day they might all join together and push back. Yeah. Um, what are they going to do about that? So, yeah. It's definitely in the cards, brother. Definitely in the cards. 
I don't know. If you, have you seen the movie 300 when they... <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. When they start pushing those um, Persians off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, guys. That's what they're doing to us, brother. They're trying yeah, to push us off the dude. cliff. Yeah, you know, no, later, there's only one thing to do, and it's to fight back. You know? yeah. They're actually creating a problem, not trying to fix the problem. Yeah, exactly, man. Same with yeah. uh, prisons, man. You know, a lot of people walk out of prison. Or they go into prison all good, and then they walk out criminals. You know what I mean? It's just they create the problems, you know? Yeah. I know I've had a lot of bros come out of jail. They'll go to jail, come out a couple of years later, like fully tattered up faces. Mm. Um, no, just everything. Gang. Some of them didn't even jo- weren't even in the gang, but they get out gang members with yeah, bro, the government creates the problems, man. That's no secret for us, eh, Wawa? Oh, so, um, what can I ask, bro? Like, were drugs in the picture at all for you, man? Or was that sort of something you stayed away from? Or even growing up, you know, was that was drugs sort of around you and all of that? Yeah, so I started using drugs. Started off just weed at the age of 12. Um, and then from there, it led to other things. And then I ended up adapting... Or adopting a big methamphetamine habit. And, you know, I smoked methamphetamine probably for around 10 years all up, but six years of those 10 were hard use just every single day. Um, and that's where I was probably at my worst and most dangerous as well. Um, Cause I just, had zero fucks for anything. And um, yeah, I was just really in deep with the gang. Eh? Like, that's all I saw. That's all I wanted to be. And that's all I wanted to do. Um, and if you were an opposing gang member, I wouldn't have wanted to cross my path when I was in that state of mind. Um, but yeah, so drugs was played a big part in, in a lot of silly decisions that I had made in the past. Um, you know, I did some things, some, I did a lot of bad things. I went to jail for some things and there's some things that I've never been caught for, but I'm not proud of any of them. Um, when I look back at them, I'm not trying to boast about it or nothing, but now, when I look back on some of the things that I did, I was just, I just think like, fuck, that was dumb. You know, just what yeah. a silly cunt I was. Um, could have potentially spent the rest of my time in life in jail or, you know, dead. Um, so I feel, I feel really thankful and blessed that I have had the second opportunity to try and make better decisions and make things right and help the next generation um, see things a bit clearer than the way that we were taught. Because um, that's all it comes down to, bro, is that you know, we were taught to live this way for many years. And um, when we try and live normal, fuck, it's hard. It's really hard um, just to live a normal lifestyle after seeing the shit that we see from children all the way to now. It's not normal. Um, so how do you be normal after living not normal for a very long time? And that's what a lot of people don't understand is you've got to take our 
take our mana back off these people that are trying to take it from us. Yep, exactly. Push us in the corner. They're trying to push us into a corner and hopefully one day we won't. We'll stop yelling, but we're not going to stop yelling. We're just going to keep yelling until we are heard, until it's fixed. Yep, solid, man. Much respect, bro. Much respect. So, I mean, do, do, you, do you find a lot of people, bro, like, um, well, say in your chapter, that are doing the same things as you, bro, or like um, in the wider gang sort of scene, is there a lot of people um, that are doing what you're doing? Um, yeah, there is a lot of um, other members out there that are actually making really good changes and trying to um, inspire their, their people as well. And um, it's really good to see. Like, I mean, for example... I've been going to the gym in town for a while now and I used to just see me, the only gang member in there. But now, right, there's so much mobsters in the gym now that are trying to like do something better for themselves and it's a good feeling to see that. And um, what sucks about it is that the public don't accept that, that we're allowed in there. You know, they they um they try and put complaints in and saying that they don't want us in those places, they don't wanna um, be around us and things like that. And you know, they want they wanna see change, they want us to to do all these things, but they don't want us or they don't want to help or or encourage it. So but they're quick off the mark to complain about shit when it hits the fan but you know we, we, we're out here trying to make change but they just want to shoot us down and say that we all shit you know like fuck it's just a they're just it's just a fake lock it's just a you know they, they, they use it to say that it's just a um, fake look for recruiting and attracting more people to want to join yeah they always so, use like, that eh, man yeah, I'm just like, well, fucking, should we just be bad and just keep mm-hmm. doing bad shit and make your job harder for you? And, um, or should we change? Try and work together one day where we can sit down and talk about shit and make things better? Or, fuck, well, it's just one of those questions. Like, what do you actually want? You want the change, but you don't want to help us. But when we're trying to change, you want to shoot us down and say that we're, it's just a big fake front to recruit like it's just like lose lose situation for us yeah bro yeah uphill battle for sure man and bro that's the reason why there is not much change going on because it does feel like it's a waste of time especially when i've I've been changed for two years now this is my i'm nearly going on three years walking my talk and um like i still get shot down today like People are still on my case, like, yeah, you're shit, you know, you're you're covering it up, you're meth dealer and all this shit. I'm just like, oh, bro. I had parents that had a direction for me growing up and set goals and wanted me to do this at school or, you know, had a um, pathway for me. I probably would have never been a gang member. I would have probably had a good career doing something. The truth of the fact is, is I didn't have that. You know, I was growing up. I had an abusive, I had abusive parents. Um, they separated when I was young. Um, my mum turned to alcohol and drugs to deal with the shit that she was going through. 
Um, she took it out on us a lot. We were exposed to a lot of shit that we shouldn't have been exposed to as children. Um, and yeah, I feel like, fuck, I'm doing pretty good for someone that's been brought up like that to come out now and to try and change and help others beat that cycle because it's a shit way of living. And I'm sick of seeing our people and it's only our people that live like that. And I'm sick of seeing that. Yeah. Not right. Yeah, no, it's not right, all right, man. It's not right. Um, like, what what are some harsher realities of the whole gang life, brother? Like, what are some um for some viewers in that? What's some harsh or some to people that are looking to get into that scene? What's the harsher realities of it? Um, well, you know, <laughs> it's just like life. If you think you can go through life smoothly without any trouble, then you're kidding yourself. It's just like a gang, eh? Like people see the money, the cars, the girls, or the you know the things like that. But there's a there's a darker side to it as well. For some people, um, you always got those gang members that are hardcore, one hundred percent. You know, down for the cause. Um, yeah, it's real life shit. You know, it's real life shit. It's not something that people should take lightly because it's not a game. And in some situations, it's a life and death situation. Um, like I said, sometimes you're going to get come across some opposing gang members that are really hard out down for their team and they'll try and take your life because in their mind, they're thinking you're going to take their life. So... What about, um, can you touch on prison at all, man? Like, how does that sort of work? So a lot of the viewers in that, so me, myself, even I was in Oz, so I've only done time sort of in Oz. So, like, can you sort of, um, how is it in prison, bro, like going in as a gang member? You know what I mean? Like, is it sort of um, you get kept with your own boys or are there all these other gangs in there as well and you sort of got to watch your back type thing? And Um. Now, the way they do it in prison, especially around here in Hawke's Bay, um, because it is predominantly Mongol mob driven. Um, so when you go to prison, predominantly the people in there are Mongol mob members. But what they do is they yeah, they keep you separated. Um, pretty dangerous um, and ugly. Even just being in a cell is is ugly in, in some parts of the jail. It's just dirty, just that smell of, you know, prison. <laughs> I thought, yeah. If you haven't been to prison, fucking don't go there. <laughs> it sucks shit. You're, ba you're getting babysitted. You're getting told when it's bedtime, when you can use the phone, um, things like that. That sucks. But, Yeah. What about, I don't recommend um, to anyone to go to prison. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man, definitely. And not only that, man, it fucks off your head too. You know what I mean? You can get used yeah, to it yeah, in nah, there and it fucks off your head bad. So what about, like, your area, bro, Um, in Hastings that you grew up in, bro? Has it changed much, man, since you were coming up? 
Uh, yep, yeah, it's definitely changing the ways of like security cameras everywhere, and <laughs> there are way more police officers around here. And it's only a small place, but man, the amount of cops. That can I mean. drive up violence too, man. You know, having the police around all t- all the time, eh? and it does have an effect on the community, kids, and that. You know, a lot of them interrogate kids. You know, shit like that. Well, I mean, bro, growing up, and you watch the police take dad away, take uncles away, straight away, seeing that you build this thing between you and the cops where you don't trust them. They're the guys that take your dad away. Um, and then the cycle's repeated. Then those kids end up growing up being like, fuck the police. Um, don't tell them nothing. And then, you know, what's going to happen to those? They're probably going to end up being criminal-minded as well, just from that experience that they that we experience as children. Um, some people get taught to trust the police and bring them when they're in danger. But some people get taught not to trust the police and never call them, um, which is sad as well because sometimes yeah. the police might be needed in some cases, um, but because we are taught not to ring them, we don't ring them. Yep. And then you get labelled as this narc or something like that. And yeah. But it's really shit. It's just like the cycle just goes around and around and around and it just never changes. And, you know, you go to these neighbourhoods that I grew up in and the people that I grew up with there, they're still living in there and now their kids are living in there. It's like, fuck, it's just the cycle's just going around and around. It is shit, bro. Like, it is shit. So when did it all sort of change for you, bro, when you sort of taken the path towards, you know, where you are at now, man, being a small business owner, online coach and that, where did that sort of, um, when did that kick off for you? So was that like three years ago, two, three years ago? Yeah, so I went to prison in 2016 or at the end of 2015. Um, and then I was released in 2017 and it was from that day when I got released, I sort of, during that time in prison, I just thought about my life and what I really wanted to do. Um, you know, leaving the gang was, is never an option because it's not, it's not like I just joined this club that I don't care about, you know, I joined it because it's my family, you know. These are people that I've been growing up with all my life. It's not like I just met these guys. But, um, yeah, so it changed for me then. I started changing, didn't want to, yeah, I, I just didn't want to go back to prison. Um, but it wasn't until really, until my daughter was born and she's just a constant reminder to me that, you know, like, like sometimes, because it gets hard for me in this trying to live normal. It gets really hard where I feel like, fuck, I just want to be naughty sometimes. But, you know, I look at my baby and she is just a reminder to me, like, hey, no, 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 you know, time to grow up. I've done all the dumb shit now. It's time to start leading by example and putting my children first. And that's all that it's about to me at the moment is just making sure my kids are all right, putting them before I... myself and what I'm doing and started the business 
So is that the, so that's I, the online coaching, yeah? Yeah, it's the online coaching. Um, and it's doing so really good. Was, so fitness was always something that you're into or? Yeah, so how fitness came into my life was when I was in prison, because um, I went in there on a big, you know, I was really addicted to methamphetamine and I, you know, I wanted to stop smoking. I made my mind up like, that's it. I'm not going to smoke that shit no more. Um, because it's just ruining my life. So I started trying to find other things to take my mind off it, and fitness was the was the outlet. So started off just walking up and down the corridor, then it turned into running up and down the corridor. And then I started getting a few of the guys in jail jumping on board with me and training, and then next minute it was my whole leg just trained Got out fit, healthy, and clear-minded, and have just followed that. Yeah, just has always used fitness as my um, well, it's my tool to keep myself grounded and stop thinking about dumb shit. You know, and it works. It works for me. And the amount of good people that I've met during the, the fitness journey has just been overwhelming and, you know, it's been massive. Um, and that's the whole reason why I got on to a fitness help me overcome some demons in my life that I was struggling with. Now I feel like I can use that same you know, fitness to help a lot of other people that might be going through the same thing. Um, because mental health is a big, big issue, especially in gangs. Mental health is big. I mean, I've lost, I've lost um, like seven friends in the last five years to suicide. Um, Far out, man. That's a lot, brother. Yeah, and, you know, six of them are really close to me. Um, how about just suicide in general, bro, in the area, man? Like, how's that, man? Like, it's... It's got to be... Yeah, Hawke's Bay has got to be one of the biggest suicide areas in New Zealand at the moment. Fuck. Yeah. Like, that says a lot, man, you know, because, like, even coming, you know, getting deported back from Australia back here and you see the suicide right here, hey, man, like, it's just... Fuck, it's crazy, man, but it's just because of these areas, man, there's just mad poverty and there's just, there's not much out there, is there? Like, um, there's never really been anything out there for us, but prison, you know, the only place people like us get sent, you know, um, and you know, the amount of laws and rules they make for us, it, it, the moment we step one foot out of line, fuck, they could cost us our life in jail. Like, it is so fucked up. And I was reading this thing the other day about these group of white boys that were shooting um, gun around in the bush hunting. And they shot this man. And they, you know, he died. And they were talking about, um, or, you know, it was all just playing. We didn't know that he was going to actually die or get shot. And they all got, like, two years, um, like, supervision and home detention and shit like that. And then they, they go and put this mouldy man, goes and rustles up about four sheep, 
Fucking he gets five years jail. That's the reality that we face. Like, and it's real, like, you know, because of the color of our skin, we're always gonna get treated worse off. Um, they're always gonna be extra precautions in place for us, or they're gonna bring extra police to come to the scenes. You know, it's fucking shit. Yeah, that's why, game man, you know, mad respect for what you're doing, cuz you know, fuck man, that's um, and persevering, you know what I mean, for all that shit. Yeah, I still get the police coming around here trying to, you know, like rough me up a little bit or just annoy the fuck out of me, just like taking yeah. photos of my house of the cars and shit. It's just like, fuck, you know, I've been doing good things for so long. And you still want to come and try and push my buttons, you know, just to get a reaction. I know what they're trying to do. Yeah, bro. They yeah. like seeing what I'm doing because they know that I'm going to be dangerous for them. Yeah, they can't stand like, it, eh, cuz? Yeah, like in a gangster way, but, you know, in an influential way and yeah. with the people that follow me and believe me, it's yeah, they see it and they're starting to see me as a threat. Like, oh, no, we... We need to take him down now before he gets too out of control. But yeah, exactly. too late. Too late, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. I've given them no reason to, to come here. Um, like even if they come here, there's nothing here for them to find or yeah. anything. Like I'm like I said, I'm walking my talk and I have been for the last two years. And um, yeah. Fuck I can't afford to stick in one foot out of line because I'm the type of guy that, like, if I say something, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm not the type of guy that's trying to be over here on the screen saying all this good shit, but in the background, I'm doing the opposite. Mm. Uh, no, nah, that's not me. Um, yeah, I'm proud of what I've been doing and uh just the amount of people that I have inspired and even the lives that I've changed um, in the last two years. Um, yeah. Yeah, nah, fuck um, you. There is any gang member that has a facial tattoo that can say they have done what I've done. <laughs> yeah, brother. I'm still going, and I'm still going, brother. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. for sure. Mean, mean. Well, Hey, do you mind touching on that at all as well, man? Like, so when did when did you get the face tap, bro? Like, um, well, well. <laughs> it's the number one question I get asked. But um, yeah, so I got the face tap about six years ago. Um, you know, I got the facial tattoo because I'd lost. You know, I've lost a lot of close friends in the gang. Um, and when I got my tattoo. You know, I got it to acknowledge them because we were really close. And it's, um, you know, it's my war mask. It's to, you know, let the enemy know, like, hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is the crew that I belong to. What are you going to do about it? You know, like, proud, loud and proud. You know, I went through a time in my life where, I, like I said, I didn't give two fucks about no one. I was dangerous, and if you saw this face coming to you, you know, expect the worst. 
But now, when you see this face coming to you, <laughs> you're gonna get, you know, expect some fitness drills and some, <laughs> some broccoli, you know, high yeah. plans. Yeah. It's nice. amazing, but amazing the mind, just how much my mindset has shifted just in those two years. And um, I'm out the shell, I threw the shell away, so there's no hiding now. I'm out here. And I'm going to stay out here and yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and lead by example and just keep proving people wrong because a lot of people think that yeah, I couldn't brother. do. Yeah, keep proving people wrong, man. Again, you know, success is the best revenge, man. Yeah. So, um, but what would be your... Yeah, yeah. Success is the best revenge. That's what I'm going for. Yep. Yeah. So, um, like, so going off that, brother, like, what would be your message, man, to some gang members out there and that that were where you were? What would you sort of tell them, man, to um, sort of get to the path that you're on? You know what I mean? With the whole um, with the online business, you know what I mean? Fit to guck, eh? That's it. You're fit to guck, brother. Yeah, fit to guck. You know, so, so um, people ask me, what's fit to guck mean? <laughs> fit to guck just means fit to go. Fit to yeah. go. Yeah, you know, it's in it's in our dialogue, the way that we yeah. speak. Um, and but the overall story, fit the gut means just fit to never quit. It's just anything in life, um, not just fitness. Um, you know, you got to be fit in all areas of your life to to be able to enjoy it properly. It's just about balance. Um, and yeah, what I would say to other gang members that are thinking about putting themselves out there and trying to make some change. Others, fuck, we need more people like that out there to help speed this up because I feel like I'm one of the only ones right now going hard trying to speed it up. Um, but the more and more of us that get out there and get on board and show these people that, fuck, we are more than just troublemakers. We can be people as well. Um, the more will start changing the views in the community because yeah, we haven't really got a very good track record in the past for a lot of things. And um, it does make it a lot harder for the community to believe anything that we say. But when we're out here doing it and leading by example and showing them, what more can we do? Walk the talk, brothers. Fuck man, puck dog, man, my man. Fuck, much love, brother. Thanks for jumping on, man. I think we might leave it there, brother. Um, <laughs> I could go on all day. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, well, yeah. I'll be the stop, be the stop. <laughs> yeah. we'll have to do another one <laughs> yeah nah 100% bro I'll be down for part 2 for sure man well I mean I'll leave your um online stuff uh, in the description here man so if you've got any questions for the brother here you know you can hit him up um for sure but um yeah do you, is there any closing remarks you'd like to make brother or... um yeah I'd just like to you know, just thank everyone out there that has supported um, Fit the Gucka from the Get Guck. Um, shout out to everyone that uh, has that believes in Fit the Guck as well and the, and the things that we've been doing. Um, you know, shout out to my friends and my family. Shout out to the Dolls Notorious. Um, you know, hang in there, my brothers. We'll come out the other end better off. Um, 
and just yeah. Hope everyone has a mean ass day. <laughs> yeah. yeah.